Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of First Chronicles, chapter 22. Here's Pastor Ryan. The angel of the Lord was commanded by God to tell Gad, to tell David, build an altar to the Lord right there on that very same threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite man. And you know the story how David asked him for the property and for uh, and to purchase it. And the guy wanted to give him all the, the property, the tools, the oxen, all for the sacrifices uh, for free. But David said, no, I can't offer to God that which cost me nothing. And so David built the altar of the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings there and called on the Lord. And he, God, answered him from heaven by fire on the altar of burnt offering. That's a pretty big sign, right? For God to, you know, shoot down fire from heaven like he did with Elijah and the prophets of Baal there on Mount Carmel. It's just a phenomenal manifestation of God's power. Just kaboom, the fire hits the altar. And so the Lord commanded the angel, once that sacrifice was made on the altar, he then told the angel, you know, uh, re, you know, to return your sword into your sheath. And so that must have been a sight to see as well. When the sacrifice was done, the fire hit, and then he, David can just see the angel put the sword back in his sheath. That must have been a sight to see. And when David saw that the Lord had answered him, uh, on that threshing floor of Ornan, Ornan the Jebusite, he sacrificed there again. And at the time, the tabernacle uh, of the Lord and the altar uh, for burnt offering that Moses had built in the wilderness was in Gibeon, like northwest of Jerusalem. It wasn't in Jerusalem at that time. And David would not go there because he feared the sword of the angel of the Lord. And so he's like stuck. But good comes from all that drama, which is the case, hopefully, for all us Christians when we face various trials and testings. All of this drama happened for the purpose, for the purposes that God had intended all along for Israel and King David. What Satan meant for evil towards Israel and towards the king, God used it for their good. David had desired with all his heart to build that temple of the Lord, remember? He says, man, I live in a house of, of a palace of cedar, and the Lord is in tents, curtains. So he, his heart was to build God a temple. But he had no real location or directions to build it. Other than God said, it wouldn't be you. You can't build it, David, because you're a man of war. You've shed too much blood, but your son will. But he had no location. They say location is everything. But you see, the angel stood there on that threshing floor. It's where sacrifice was made and the plague was stopped. And all of that evil that David, I mean, that Satan had um, desired for them, it ended up for good because now David has the location of where God's temple is to be built 
on that threshing floor where the plague stopped. On that threshing floor where they say Abraham offered Isaac on Mount Moriah. That is Mount Moriah. That is the same place where that's an Old Testament picture of, of the God the Father and Jesus Christ his son, uh, the sacrifice of Isaac and, 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 um, and Abraham doing that uh, towards his son and God providing the sacrifice for Abraham rather than him killing his son. All that took place there. That is the place where God is building his church, his temple for his people. And there's that Old Testament verse that is so popular and so true when it comes to the believer that Joseph uh, would say uh, in Egypt when the Lord raised him up after his brothers threw him in the ditch and he was a slave and was in prison and all those things and then yet God raised him up to be Lord over Egypt, second in command to feed his people. He said in Genesis 50 verse 20, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save my people uh, alive. And so like David, if we're sensitive to the Lord daily and seek to obey him and repent when we do wrong and seek to do his will, no matter, he is faithful to forgive us, to cleanse us, and to bless us with the desires of our heart. And all of that drama ended up for good. And no matter what drama you're going through or trial, it'll end up for your good if you're sensitive to the Lord and keep seeking him, keep being obedient to him. And then it says here in verse 1, Then David said, This is the house of, God, of the Lord God, and this is the altar of burnt offering for Israel. He gets it. He sees it. This is where God wants his temple to be built. And I like that. This is the house of, of, of the Lord God. What a statement. You know, and I think that with us here at Sweet Hills, it's a statement that uh, we've been making the past year and two months since we've moved in this place. You know, this is the house of the Lord God. As the Israelites would have a, a temple, we had no location to meet but the park. Remember that? In the summertime, the school shut down because of COVID. We knew not when we were, where we were going to go. We knew no location. We didn't know anything. But to see God in his faithfulness get us to the park, to, for God to touch the parks and recreation creation people who said you're we're not supposed to open up for you because it was smack in the middle of COVID but you know what you're essential that they here in Banning said you're essential when the governor is saying we're not we weren't essential and God provided a location there I had no idea what where God would take us it was June, early June. The weather was nice and everyone was kumbayaing under the beautiful pines and the sunshine. And, oh, why did we not meet here before? Even if we do go back to the school, we still have to come out here a few times a year. It's so stunningly beautiful. But towards the end of, of June and early July, it began to get hot and we were sweating. And really, I thought the school would, would open up right away. I thought, my, my goodness, the left even needs to send their kids to school. But they, they kept it closed. And then I got the call from a pastor needing to get rid of this. And all of a sudden, when we came here and the numbers fit our church, we're able to get this church, we had a location. We had a location. And like David, we all say, and we said then, and we say now, this is the house of the Lord God. This house is of the Lord is very important, and that's an understatement. 
We can go on and on why this particular building where we meet is important. Because there's Christians out there who have kind of lost their way when they say, I can worship the Lord anywhere. That's, that is technically true. You can worship the Lord on the mountain, on a boat in the ocean, in outer space, wherever. You can worship the Lord every because he's everywhere. He's omnipotent. However, there's designated places where people gather in his name that are special to the Lord. And in these times, we need to remind ourselves that this is the house of the Lord. It's special. And to remind our friends who may have lost their way. You say, yeah, you can worship at home. But there's something significant and special about this place as it was in Jerusalem and the temple that David's about to have his son built. It's special. It is a place for the healing of souls where the word of the Lord is taught and sinners come to repentance. I know, not every sermon's gonna be a home run. I get that, I'm the one giving them, you know? I'd like to erase half of them. But I'm a work in progress. <laughs> Unless you guys always make your putts. I'm a work in progress. I'll get, better. I'll get really good and then the rapture will come and then it's, you know. But like all of us are getting better in our Christianity and, and surely we grow in all aspects of ministry. But nonetheless, his word doesn't re return void and people get changed miraculously, eternally, spiritually, and it's a phenomenon. It's a miracle how people get blessed by the word, how he supernaturally, you know, takes this nothing vessel, goes through this nothing mouth, and then something happens. It's crazy. It's beautiful. It's a miracle. And that happens in every house of the Lord where his word is elevated above his name. It is a place where love and fellowship heals the heart when we come together. It is a place where prayers are offered to the Lord and the place where we gather together to praise him. It is where families come to learn about the good ways of the Lord and how to even be families. It is a place for the fatherless and the widow to find families. For he says that he placed those who are in solitary in families. Thus here we are. In Psalm 92 verses 13 through 15 it says those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. I mean prosperity, healing, strengthening, hope, all of that stems from the house of the Lord. Excuse me. Turn with me to Psalm 84, please. Psalm 84 says, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in the house of the Lord. They will still be praising you. Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. 
O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Salah. O God, behold our shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. He just talks about the beauty of his house and the benefits of it and that even the birds find places to nest. And you look around here. When we came here, there was... Uh, these little gravel rocks all around the building. The place looked dusty and dirty. And we came in here as a team, as a family. We cleared out that rock and we planted uh, seed and, 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 um, and uh, put down dirt and sprinklers and have been beautifying. And I'm so blessed that this past year and two months, as everyone has been pu putting in uh, their hands to the plow to beautify this place and we're excited to come here and it's a beautiful thing and we come with expectation that God's going to do a mighty work in his temple just like this it, it really is true like this psalm how lovely is your tabernacle O Lord of hosts but there are times when your flesh and my flesh will not want to come there are times when it'll be cold it'll be dark it'll be too hot it'll be too will be too tired and it's times like those that we have to remember to still have an excitement for the house of the lord to say lord get me there because it is the place where you will arrive jesus will meet us here he promised where two or more are gathered i will be in your midst if we gather in his name which we do which is different than just doing it at home or watching it on a screen. We have to come to the house of the Lord because it's, it, it's beneficial to us in more ways than we can ever fathom. Think about it. My life completely changed in the house of the Lord. When I got saved, I got saved in a church. You can get saved anywhere. But I was saved in the house of the Lord. 1999, August. On a Wednesday night, I got saved of all things. On a Wednesday night, the house of the Lord the plague stopped for my life. This is the house of the Lord God. And this is the altar of burnt offering for Israel. So David commanded to gather the aliens who were in the land of Israel. And he appointed uh, masons to cut hewn stones to build the house of God. And David prepared iron in abundance for the nails of the doors of the gates and for the joints and bronze in abundance beyond measure and cedar trees in abundance for the Sidonians and those from Tyre uh, brought much cedar wood uh, to David. So the Phoenicians in the land, I mean, these guys were skilled builders. As you know, they built his, his palace. They helped with, uh, they brought the, you know, the utensils, the, the wood from Lebanon. And so when David, the moment he knew the location, he got busy. He got busy. Once he knew where the location was, he got the workers uh, together. And so, um, again, there is that, that example of, of being excited for the work of the Lord. We are in a similar stage in our church the Bible says that um, in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3, uh, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. It says that there's a time to break down and a time to build up. 
And I remember at Hammerling, it was a time to set up and tear down and set up and tear down. Now we're here and God blessed us with the location, with the building. And really it is time for Sweet Hills to build up this church and what he has blessed us with. And we've done a great job and the servants and the volunteers are phenomenal. We're doing great, but there is still much work to be done. We can still use more volunteers. My wife is in there with the toddlers. Think about that. And we've been doing this for 13 years this Easter. I think it'll be 13 years. And my wife is in there. So we want to encourage ourselves to say, maybe I should get in there and help out uh, rather than to ignore the call. Because this whole chapter is all about the excitement of building the church. And here we are, we have a building ourselves. What more can God be trying to say to Sweet Hills? But get excited. We have two services. That means we need a few more people. But as more people come, the load becomes easier for everyone. But we want to be those who hear the call when we have the call preached to us. Right? Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Right? Be careful how you hear. Because if you hear it and pretend you don't, even what we have, he'll take. So we have to examine ourselves. Are we excited like this? Do we understand that it's time for Sweet Hills to build? People think, oh, well, we should go out and do this, and we should go out and this, and you know, get the gospel out here and the gospel out there. To every season, there is a time under heaven. Right now, it's for Sweet Hills, for everyone to put their resources, time, energy, money, right here. God's bringing those who need repentance into this house. The gospel is going out by us as we go home and we work and we invite people. People are coming here and getting saved. God is working here, in our Jerusalem, in our Mount Moriah, in our Mount Zion. He is working here. He said that we will be witnesses to him in Jerusalem, in Judea, all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Well, we can't take care of Judea. We can't take care of Samaria. We can hardly take care of right here. So we need to hear the call and say, all right, we're almost there. But let's get it running smoothly because it's important as it was for David. He started calling all of these guys and they all started going to work. What if they didn't heed the call? And these guys were aliens. They were from Lebanon. It's interesting when new folks arrive and they're just like, absolutely, I'm going to serve. And there's folks that have been with us for a long time and they're just like, because God does that. He'll, he'll say, okay, you don't want the blessing, I'll give it to and he doesn't just say that. To, he says that to me. I mean, guys, he says it to all of us. When he says to jump, we don't jump. He'll get someone else to jump. And they'll get the blessing. And notice that, oh, verse uh, 5. Then David said to Solomon, oh no, he said, not to Solomon, but he says this. Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced. And the, how, and, and the house to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent famous and glorious throughout all countries i will now make preparations for it so david made abundant preparations before his death and so the beautiful thing about king david is this is in his in his later uh, days he's an old 
Ur-Man at this time. And, and, and we see that he's useful to the Lord, that he finds a location, this is where it's at, and he gets busy. In his old age, he gets busy, which is an exhortation to the older brothers and sisters, that God has a plan for you even in your older age. And, and part of that is being an amazing witness to all of us of how to do Christianity as we look upon the older saints in our church, which we love, love, love. Proverbs 16, 31 says, A silver-haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. And it is a beautiful thing to see a church with that cool silver and white hair. Maybe when mine turns white, I'll grow out my hair. People ask if I, if I can grow out my hair. I can grow out my hair. I just like to shave off my hair. But when it's all white, then I'll just come here one day and it'll just be a crown of glory. But that's Psalm 71, verse 18. The psalmist right now, also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. That's the psalm of the older folks. Don't take me home until I declare your strength to the generation to come. You know, it's neat to see the older folks strong in the Lord. You know, older folks who don't know the Lord can complain about everything and, and put guilt trips on, on the younger folks. And, you know, but those who fear the Lord, there's a difference. There's an expectation that life is going to just begin soon. And not, you know, it's not like, hmm, you know, in the opportunities of service here at the house of the Lord, that we say, okay, you know, let's send all the older folks out there to lift rocks and the younger folks to, you know, hand out, you know, bulletins or something. You know, we, it, it goes to, uh, you know, it's age appropriate to, you know, the prayer warriors, the counseling, the, you know, things that are. But always being a good example. David here worked in his old age, and that's a good example. And um, he also said that, 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 that the temple must be exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious throughout all the countries. So David's not looking to build God something kind of so-so, kind of half-hearted, kind of not extravagant. He wanted to give God the best temple in the world. <sighs> oh, and you know, you know the Bible says in Colossians 3, 23 and in other places, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Oh Lord, help us to give you quality service. Quality service. Gosh, Lord, I'm guilty so much of just not giving them my best and my all. Am I the only one in this room who suffers with that? You guys give them uh, top service all the time? Oh, man. I need help. But he's helping us. Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, right? He teaches us to be diligent as our Savior Jesus, the carpenter from Nazareth, was, right? He, he, he was diligent, did, does things well. So we need to do things under the Lord, under the Lord. If we're faithful in the little things, we will be faithful in the greater. 
Then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord, God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, my son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, You have shed much blood and have made great wars. You shall not build a house for my name, because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. Now, it wasn't you know, necessarily you know, you know, a bad thing that he shed blood, because he was God's warrior. God sent him out to those battles and equipped him to clean house on the enemy. But God wanted a different tool to build the temple. He wanted his son, who was a man who wouldn't know war. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.